keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts and the Roast of Cindy Whopper. We got some awesome shows coming up. Randy Orton next week. Then we're, because uh, it's going to be Thanksgiving week, we're doing a, a replay of the Teddy Hart and New Jack Roast. We're going to put those two together. Then we got Andre the Giant, Suzuki, Charlotte Foley, year-end awards. A ton of stuff coming up. For our $5 Patreon, if you're part of the best deal in Patreon history, uh, we're going to have an MLW review, Never Say Never, uh, that we're recovering this Monday. So that, that'll that be there. Um, I just watched it. There's two really good matches in it. Uh, QT Marshall, the wrestler. Then we're off. Then we got the Roaster Ryback uh, mailbag. Uh, there's another mailbag. Then we got uh, Jingle All the Way 2. Then we're off. And day one review. Then the roast of Anoki. So uh, if you're a $10 tier person, we're going to be probably doing Raw this Monday. Right, Robert? Yeah. It's the Go Home Raw Before Survivor Series. Biggest mm-hmm. show of the year. All right. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll cover that. Please leave a five-star review. Uh, we, leave comments. Join YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Me and Robert uh, are selling shirts on our page. we got Tower Fab- Falbo is the creator of... Moral Compass starring Bill Burr coming up. I was lucky enough to write on that show, but he's going to be joining with us for uh, We Must Hate Ourselves World Cup when we get into Eugene and that 70s guy later. Also, um, I wanted to talk to you guys about, because we were thinking about kind of changing the format a little bit in 2022 and just doing one roast a month, and then the rest of them would be theme shows. Um Similar to some of the stuff that we do on, on Patreon, that would be up top. We would still cover modern wrestling. We'd still have spy, high spot and low spot. Uh, we were just thinking about, you know, just saving only like one Patreon roast and then one regular roast a month. Uh, and and kind of like, you know, think about it as almost like a, a mishmash of, you know, wrestle roasts and total F and marks, I guess. Uh Anyway, tweet at us, let us know what's going on and what you guys prefer. We'd love to hear from you. Now, let me get to my let me get to my uh, amazing co-hosts, Mike Lawrence, Robert Carpolis, Scott Chaplin, and Zachary Million. How's everyone doing? We'll start with you, Robert. I'm doing great. It's uh, it's Veterans Day here. I was telling the guys I just spent the entire day watching wrestling all day. So thank you for me never getting drafted. Hey, let's salute to Sergeant Slaughter, who actually never served. Mike, how are you doing? Uh, I I am I am good. And and what people may not realize, the rest of us are still on the Zoom when Dan does that intro. So we're we're just sitting here, thinking <laughs> what went wrong, what somewhat is going right, uh, <laughs> waiting hey, for man. a dog bark. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> saying too, yeah, because uh, Robert said. Uh, 
He's watching wrestling on Veterans Day. Yeah, wrestling, the sport with the least amount of veterans. <laughs> hey, the Monday Night Wars <laughs> count. Fucking... We're kind of talking about one next week, Randy Orton, but... Yeah, but re- re- wrestling is more of a Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah, I also feel like they're treated the same when they return home from the road. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's really you throw a cotter into the lobby of a Salvation Army, you're going to hit either a vet or a wrestler. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Coco I mean, beware. Yeah, a vet, a vet in a wheelchair looks like looks at Virgil in a subway and goes, "Yeah, we're the same." Scott, <laughs> yeah, you were thanks him for serving. <laughs> Scott, you were at Skank Fest this past weekend. Luckily, you were not injured in the uh, cr- in the concert that was going on in Houston. Yes, um, and if you would have told me that there was a disaster from last weekend in Houston, it wasn't Skank Fest. I would have been like, "You're out of your fucking mind." <laughs> oh, <laughs> You're out of your mind. But it was a yeah. fun. You have fun. Yeah, man, it was great. A lot of uh, a lot of fans of the podcast actually came up to me and said how much they like it and stuff and how my takes are better than all you guys and how AEW is no- number one. That's what they said. They That's said it like that. That's from people at an event called <laughs> Fest. <laughs> it's, just, it's just Zach Amigo in different wigs. Yeah. You know, they were half throwing up. Like it was like in between throwing up, but... Yeah. I also I also feel like we're way more amicable than people think sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're not that... We're like... I think there was like one episode where it was the three of us against you because you really were fucking wrong on something. But no way, that's we, we agree. Yeah. Well, man. yeah. Oh, of course. I, I think it's very obvious we agree uh, in the sense that you know most of our shows are spent talking about the dynamite that week or something. Yeah, I mean, we're shitting on dynamite when it was like twenty minute QT Marshall segments and. Like there was a lot of bad stuff in the last year and a half, and it is better now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, look, we're gonna get you. we're gonna get to the we're gonna get we are going to get to the bright side of Cindy Whopper. We are gonna get to the roast of Cindy Whopper. But until then, um, we're gonna talk about some breaking news. Becky Lynch finally commented on this Charlotte situation, and uh, woo. Raises raises some eyebrows. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read you read through it. But by the um, way, by the way, still hasn't commented on the Charlottesville situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think we need a wrestler's opinion on that, do we? I mean, I Jackson know. Riker still has a job, so yes, I want to know his take on this. <laughs> like he was like, I think both sides had a valid point. <laughs> okay, well, she was Why asked Bret Hart because <laughs> I don't do voices. It's still, that's a pretty good voice. We were we, so she was asked by Sports Illustrated, uh, who's helped us out uh, before. So shout out Sports Illustrated. Uh, they were asked about the backstage incident. This was when she, when Becky reportedly got into Charlotte Flair's face after Charlotte went off script for their championship segment a couple weeks ago. Uh, when she was asked about the backstage incident, she, Becky responded, "I don't know, man. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk. So all I say is the locker room needs a hero sometimes." And sometimes somebody's got to be a hero. I'm all right being that hero. That's what I'll say on that matter. And then the person asked uh, whether having real life heat with an opponent makes things more difficult. Becky said, oh, 100% more difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. When you've got two people that are wanting to work together to make magic, then you make magic. Sometimes when there's hostility, when you can't trust the person, then you never know what's going to happen. 
You always have to be on guard. It's like a game of chess. You have to be thinking two steps, three steps, four steps ahead. What are they going to do? How am I going to handle this? If they do this, if they do that, uh, whatever. This business is built on trust and working together. That's the art of it. That's the beauty of it. Um, you know, so my, 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 my question is, uh, is this a work? Are we, are, are there, I mean, it's the, it's the only match in Survivor Series that now has a little heat on it. Robert, what, what, what's your, uh, what's your, what's your feeling? You think this is a work? They're playing it up. How, how real do you think all this is? This is the workiest work that ever worked. Uh, this is a yeah. dead pay-per-view that nobody cares about. You had the most tame uh, situation occur during a segment where Charlotte went into business for herself with air quotes, because I think she did by throwing the belt down it's not enough to actually spark any sort of real animosity. This is them trying to build a little bit of intrigue. She did this, uh, she being Charlotte, Charlotte did this with Nia Jax when they started shooting on each other during a match and people got interested in it for a week and now Nia Jax doesn't work there anymore. But I, this feels very much like uh, a work because you're not gonna put somebody out there to cut this kind of, uh, of promo and build a match that's basically somebody saying, yes, we really don't like each other and that's gonna be unsafe. Like WWE is not gonna let something like that happen. So they're gonna let what's probably to some degree dislike from each other, they're building on it and telling a story and that's gonna get a lot more intrigue on Survivor Series during full gear week. Robert is representing Charlotte in his talks with AEW, though. I just want you know what it's like. It's like the disclaimer. WWE. It's like WWE completely abandoned what Survivor Series means, which is those main Survivor Series elimination matches, and they've gone. Oh well, the Brett Sean controversy. Let's do that, and and <laughs> this Charlotte thing kind of feel like it feels like you're going to be watching it. Going, is she going to do a job? Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do some cornball callback. Well, to, to, to that end, Scott, did, did you watch Raw on Monday? No, no. They did a, for the first time in a year and a half, almost two years, they did a this week in WWE. And it was the Montreal screw job. So they haven't done a this week in WWE in, in at least two years. And then this is what they chose to bring up when you have the Charlotte Becky thing. So it's really funny that you mentioned that, that they're putting that seed in, in people's uh, minds. Yeah. I think Scott's a hundred percent right. MC Lawrence, what's your opinion on the scandal? Um, I mean, I think the scandal is why is sports illustrated covering wrestling. <laughs> Clicks, like, it's, was it sports choreographed um I, I i think that yeah i mean it feels like a work and it's it's hard to care either way i mean it, it's also what's great about being a wrestling fan is that any moment you could just draw a line in the sand and be like i'm not going forward and i really I really still am upset about the Becky Bianca thing, and I have no interest in anything Becky does. So I don't give a shit. Hey, I, I will say this though, Becky, man, uh, I saw, and you know, I've been watching clips of her since she's been. She's back. very good heel, <laughs> dude. She's just very good in general, you know. And, yeah. I, and, and even if it's hard to care because of what she's being presented and how she was presented since she's been brought back and stuff. But I did see a clip of, I guess, after the show, her like struggling to walk to the back beat up and somebody screamed, your baby's cute or something like that. And she goes, she takes after me. I'm cute. I'm cute. Like as she's like beat up running away, which I think is amazing. Dude, uh, she's a great. She's like yeah, man, she's awesome. Top five she's, promos. Yeah, dude, she's, like, 
she reminds me of like a like an Irish Popeye. There's something very. She's a con. She's Conor McGregor. She's doing Conor now. Yeah, that's, there you go. She's that's doing. What she's that's doing. what it is. There's a Popeye thing. Yep. Well, the baby, is, the, the baby has her eye and Seth's voice. <laughs> it's the only time you don't want to hear the baby cry when she comes <laughs> i want a nipple <laughs> she has to chew up worms for uh for seth <laughs> hey man they're like you know I, I will say this about seth seth's the best thing on raw right now by a country mile so oh, i've heard um yeah, it, it, it yeah, is. What country? I, what what terrible country? <laughs> Quam. I don't know. Uh, Ireland. <laughs> yeah, Ireland. Let's do Ireland. I don't know. I just picked a tiny country. Um, all right. Well, I think we've talked about this long enough. Unless, Zach, do you have any uh, inside scoop on this? My favorite part of that is of the billions of countries you could have picked, you picked a U.S. territory. Well, I here's here's why is that I uh, I, I was just I was I was reading about Guam today, so I just I, I just love it was just so great. Uh, my favorite my favorite country is America Samoa. <laughs> Zach, you got any uh, inside scoops on this? Nope. All right, moving on. Thank By you, way, Zach. Did, That's at least more honest than than a lot of the other inside scoop guys who just like make up shit as they go along. <laughs> yeah. At least we know Charlotte and Becky wash their hands because they're still employed by the company. So uh, we got <laughs> that. There, yeah. There are times, Scott, like to your point, like there are times where like I hear Conan and, and Disco Inferno talking about shit, and I'm like, this isn't even a controversy. <laughs> you guys are just wow. You just guys created something. Yeah, nuts. Uh, um, they'll all right, answer what, a fan question, and the fan is wrong about a thing that happened, and then they'll laugh about it for five minutes, and it's a thing that the fan got inaccurate, you know? Like, it's <laughs> almost, never happened. You made that up. Yeah, It's, it's almost like a wrestling podcast kind of sucks unless it has structure and a theme and a point. <laughs> Welcome to Wrestle Roast, everybody. Yeah. Until Two we change talking. formats next year, yeah. Yeah, two guys talking. Who the fuck wants that? Dude, this is pretty great, and I almost wish that we did this on accident once. And this is this is a, a big tell on Raw. But one time they reviewed an episode of Raw, Conan and those guys, and it was an episode from a year before, and they didn't even know. Like they just they just fucking reviewed it. They talked about it. They were like, "Yeah, that was weird, whatever." And then they released the episode. <laughs> And everyone's like, that wasn't this week's Raw. That was from a year ago on that date or whatever. Yeah. Well, well, well Scott, think of how far back they have to go to talk about a show they were both on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird business, man. Very weird business. All right, let's get to the bright side of Cindy Whopper. And there's a ton of bright side about Cindy Whopper. I'll I'll run. Well, what's through the my... dark side? I'd like to. Hear yeah, I, I don't really have a dark. I mean, like I wrote. I mean, I wrote mean roast jokes, but it's like not even not hardly any of them are even about her. You know. Yeah. Um, kayfabe accolades. Uh, she's got best musical theater album and new artist for the Grammys. Uh, she got an wait, Emmy. Wait, wait, the, the Grammys are rigged. Yeah, <laughs> an Emmy for Mad About You, a Tony for Kinky Boots, an MT- the first ever MTV Music Award for Girls Just Want to Have Fun. A uh, ton of like VH1, Rolling Stone, and MTV Best of list ever. Hollywood Walk of Fame. Only a matter of time before she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She's an awesome advocate for LGBT issues. I love Time After Time. I loved her music videos, man. I thought they were always a blast. They were like fun and and campy. Uh, she seems like a good person. Called out Trump. 
you know, even though she was on the show, which not everybody did uh, on, on The Apprentice, performed at the 2008 DNC convention, was a guest for Obama's second inauguration. And most importantly, because of this podcast, I think that some of the credit of wrestling being put on the map deserve, deserves to go to Cindy Whopper. Now, was it mostly Hulk Hogan and, and Mr. T? Was it mostly Hulk Hogan? Yeah, but like Cindy Whopper was able to get on shows that normal wrestlers weren't able to get on and advertise it and bring in this pop culture MTV phenomenon into professional wrestling and completely transform the business. And she's a, she's a big part of that. That does not happen without Cindy Whopper. Uh, Robert, uh, what do you think old Cindy? Cindy Lauper's great. Um, obviously, I love any celebrity who is willing to use their spotlight to uh, to highlight the WWE, to highlight wrestling in general, to bring other eyeballs to the product. She was integral to the rock and wrestling thing. She was a huge star at this point in time. This was, uh, you know, it's it's hard to equate in 2021, but a few years ago we're having this conversation. I'm like, this is if Katy Perry showed up at WrestleMania at the height of Katy Perry and didn't just show up for WrestleMania. She showed up to a ton of events. She did pre-tape. She did house shows for them. She was part of a lot of uh, really fun segments. She would take the wrestlers and put them in her music videos. She would get them opportunities and exposure and treated the business properly. And her music, and, and listening to some of it, it's stuck in your head. You can't get it out. Um, True Colors, I hate with a passion just because I used to love that song. And then uh, Disney, uh, the soulless corporation they are, made a Minnie Mouse toy that when you push the button was Minnie singing True Colors. Someone got it for my daughter when she was two oh. and she would play that thing ad nausea. Like I still hear it in my sleep. I can close my eyes and all I hear is Minnie's high pitch. True Colors. It's fucking blood curdling. <laughs> Other than that, She's awesome. She uses her celebrity for the right way, otherwise to promote causes she cares about. Uh, and there's nothing bad that anybody has been able to say about her. She's one of those people who's been in the industry for a very long time without a, a you know a wake of bodies in her path of people she's ruined. And and that's a testament to to Cindy Lauper. Mike, yeah, she fucking rules. Um, I mean, here's the thing. It's like. It's so insane because, yeah, I was watching, like, clips and stuff. How much she integrated. Like, I mean, you look at, like, Bad Bunny bringing the title on SNL, and that's, like, one thing. But it's, like, the amount that she brings wrestling up <laughs> everywhere, it's, like, she's talking to Johnny Carson in 1984 after doing the song Girls Just Want to Have Fun and then making like wrestling references and just like she just seriously goes hey do you know captain lou he's a nice guy <laughs> and it's like and she's like you you watch professional wrestling and he literally goes yeah i mean i watched when gorgeous george was on which was the fucking 50s like she was pushing this so much yeah the amount that wrestlers are in her videos i mean when captain lou passed you could say to anyone oh the dad from the girls just want to have fun video like that's an iconic thing. Um, yeah, I definitely think that uh, just as much as Mr. T, I, I'll, I'll give Mr. T the nod a little bit because he was in a match, but she was uh, very, very important. Um, and, and you also have to think, because it's like, this is right when Vince buys the company. This is, you know, we get some people from AWA. We get some people from Crockett. And now we have Cindy fucking Lauper. 
we have this machine behind us. We have Muhammad Ali and, and all this stuff. Uh, she is very, very important to uh, the, the history of, of WWE, if, if not the history of wrestling. And um, I think does one of the best uh, solos in the We Are The World video. The way she oh, goes, yeah, whoa, man. whoa, whoa, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it sticks out. I love it, too. Yeah, it's awesome. Scott, this is a, a Cindy Whopper, obviously, way before your time, way before our time, too. But what, what do you think of the uh, the balladeer? Uh, man, I, I love her. I uh, She's one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of favorites, but I, I really I hold her in in really high regard. Um, I, I love her music. I think she's a great songwriter. I think uh, it's really difficult to make hits and hits that sound like like that. Like so there's a thing where when something's pop, you dismiss it and you can no longer analyze it because it's part of a machine. And so you have to talk about the corporateness of it all. But like the truth is Cindy Lauper is, is, and I don't care what any uh, musical writer says, she's fucking punk rock. She's rock and roll. What she did is super badass and super cool. I mean, if, if someone, you know, if like, if, if the group Blondie can get credit, um, like if Debbie Harry can get, get credit as like a really badass revolutionary Cindy Lauper should too. Uh, I don't care if, if, if she came off like a, like a candy commercial she's a, a pioneer she's super badass she you know her and madonna to me if i look back at the again i wasn't around in the 80s but looking back in the way history is written i go oh there was madonna and cindy lopper as the top women kind of you know uh and i would choose cindy lopper every time i think she's the shit I like a lot of her stuff. Definitely a better hang than Madonna. It doesn't fucking use <laughs> yeah. a weird never, oh, yeah. I mean, she has a, a weird British accent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she seems super down to earth. Yeah, she's so unusual is a is a, is an all-time album. And the wrestling stuff I love, but you know, the same reason I love Andy Kaufman. There's something about when celebrities get into it, it's it reveals what wrestling really is, which is like so joyous and childlike that when these people get involved in wrestling, even when Kaufman got serious with it, it's like, there's something so adorable about pro wrestling. And I think Cindy Lauper does a great job of presenting that and going, yeah, that's fun to like, enjoy a, uh, an absolutely absurd thing. Yeah. It's badass. And also she's so tiny. And then to have like Hulk Hogan standing next to her at the Grammys or something, it just advances these guys so much. She's like five foot one or something. But that's another thing. Yeah, she and she was the perfect person for this because she was larger than life. You know, like you bring up Debbie Harry, you bring up Madonna. Like, you know, as many they had, you know, more hits probably than Cindy Whopper, but you couldn't see them backstage. You know, doing bits with like Don Morocco or something. You know, and and you and and she made sense for that. You know what is crazy is that like. And I know we're going to talk about the, the the Goonies video after the roast, but she kind of is like the Goonies of music. Like, like <laughs> yeah, where it's like she's, you know, the Goonies is like one of the most 80s movies ever, but it also is really timeless. And you can show it to like kids in terms of like, this is what that decade was. And it like fucking holds up. Like, I mean, you know, people still listen to her big songs, you know, time after time still fucking holds up, but it also does feel very eighties, but that's, that's fucking good sometimes. Yeah. And I gotta say part of my favorite segment in the history of professional wrestling 
bar none in terms of what the fuck did I just see? Was it the war to settle the score when she's backstage celebrating with Hulk Hogan, Mr. T and Andy Warhol? It is one of those things where your brain is convinced you're doing drugs, even though you're not. When it's Andy Warhol next to Hulk Hogan at a WWF show at Madison Square Garden, what the fuck? And and these are this is four dudes. Like, what were you saying, Mike? Oh, uh, no, I was gonna say like this really was the what Vince Jr. had that Vince Senior didn't, you know, like that he saw that and that he pursued it. And even though not all of it works or holds up and there's a lot of, I mean, you know, we talked about mania too, where they went overboard on quantity over quality of celebrities. But That's why we're not doing the roast of Susan St. James tonight. Yeah. But it's I'll like, dude, like watch, bro. watch, like watch mania one and then watch some of like the other companies and how fucking future forward uh, WWF seems by comparison. She's no <laughs> RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna say scott i'm sorry buddy oh just that you know we are four dudes talking about her and i think you know girls just want to have fun i i think every guy there's a moment in his you know it's childhood where you have to like rebel against girls just want to have fun for a moment yeah. you have to go yeah, no yeah. well god then guys have more fun though like you're just a big dumb <laughs> dumb kid you know uh, I remember like boys just want to have guns was a thing that guys would say <laughs> and you go, all right, don't hurt anybody. You know, you know, how guys are, uh, but I think girls just want to have fun is a, is a goddamn anthem. I mean, it really is. And even though it's been beaten to death and there's something silly about it, it is really pa- fucking powerful for those people. Like I remember being a kid and the spice girls were out and I'm telling you that affected girls. It, oh yeah, it introduced yeah, them so to awesome. like, women's revolution it's absurd but it really did like uh and that's you know that that took five of them and they couldn't do what cindy lopper did oh a quick uh, side he, note did you see the thing with scary spice no oh oh she was, called sammy zane a pussy she was at the house show and she called so sammy zane tweeted scary spice just called me a pussy and she replied because you are and there's a bunch <laughs> of pictures of her backstage like that was fucking awesome and that's right. the kind of stuff that if it wasn't for cindy lopper it wouldn't be cool to do that kind of stuff now and that's embrace least, it, and love it. That's the least controversial Sami Zayn's ever been on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. I should have gotten a girl from this. There's, there's no excuse. I just, I've been busy, guys. Otherwise, I would have. There's so, also but, something Cindy Lauper can do that the Spice Girls can't write her own songs. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want. I'll tell you what I want. What oh, I also, really, wait. Really... Pinky Boots is I, a. Pa- I didn't God see it, it, but you it's fucked a big up my deal. transition. Dan was doing a bit, Scott. That's why the but, siren's going but, off. Scott but Steiner's Pinky here. Boots We're is a big deal. Yeah, Pinky. I just I announced she won Tony's for it and shit. Outer Critic yeah. Circle Awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you really, really want? Tell me what you want. What you really, uh, really Cindy want. Cindy Lauper Rose. Can you, can, you, can you just imagine being in the room like her and Harvey Firestein, where it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Are they killing seals in there? I'm just doing an impression of their voices without saying anything. <laughs> I think that's uh, a good song. I think we should take it again. Both of those are Harvey Firestein. David. I sound like I had a rough night with Pat Patterson. <laughs> hey, also the only uh, she's the only person that Billy Joel has ever like co-written with, credit-wise. It's her, and he explains it in an interview, and it's so funny. It's like he's always denied everybody, and then he's like, "Well, except Cindy Lauper." And then the explanation is, 
yeah, she was just there like, come on, what do you do? Like, she just like cuffed him into doing it, you know? <laughs> just stop playing piano, I'll start singing. <laughs> also, Cindy Lauper, been a recipient of the longest bright side in the history of our show. Hey, yeah. hey, don't be a wrestler and you know, maybe we'll like you. Yeah, yeah, contribute, <laughs> contribute to actual society. <laughs> yeah, she's no JBL. Yeah. All right. Let's get this roast going. Mike, pick the order. Uh, Scotty, you go first. <laughs> All right. She's Cindy Lauper, or as the kids call her, Sharon Osborne. <laughs> She's a disheveled fairy woman, like Tinkerbell when the Lost Boys find out about pussy. <laughs> She's Cruella DeVille, if 101 Dalmatians was her answer to. How many people have you slept with? She looks like a cartoon parrot and talks like a cartoon pigeon. <laughs> Her accent is smoking section of a Greek diner. <laughs> I don't know her first TV credit, but something tells me it was on the news telling a reporter how she'd killed the son of Sam. <laughs> My favorite album of hers is called She's So Unusual. The more literal title being, she's off her medicine. <laughs> she looks like Shari Lewis fucked lamb chop. <laughs> she looks like a scientist at the fruit roll-up factory. <laughs> like, like she injects the juice into gushers or something. She hiccups so much in the song Goonies Are Good Enough, I thought I was listening to Jimmy Uso at a traffic stop. <laughs> how much she hiccups she's miss frizzle if the magic school bus started by huffing its gasoline <laughs> she has more gravel in her voice than darby's uncle has in his skull oh jesus christ thank you <laughs> she's lady gaga if instead of a poker face she had slot machine lung her song money changes everything is about the outcome of vince mcmahon's court cases the song, did you know the song True Colors inspired the rainbow pride flag? No. Yeah, legitimately, I mean, the pride flag is because of the song True Colors. Uh, forcing leprechauns everywhere to end their pot of gold at the end of a rainbow stories with paws and no homo. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a leprechaun saying that, that's fun, right? <laughs> time after time is also the answer to the question, how often does Raw disappoint viewers? <laughs> Uh, if you fall, I will catch you, said no one in an AEW trios match waiting for a dive. <laughs> <laughs> Some critics say her voice is too screechy. I say those critics have never met Seth Rollins. <laughs> Some boys take a beautiful girl and hide her away from the rest of the world. The boy, Teddy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, daddy, dear, you know you're still number one. Say the children of Bret Hart every time the PWI 500 list drops. <laughs> uh, and in closing, her hair has more color than a Cody Rhodes match. That's it. Nice. All right, Scotty Chaps. Uh, Robert. <sighs> Cindy Lauper participated in WrestleMania because her true color was green. <laughs> True, Col True Colors is also the name of the DNA test. Hogan, uh, Hulk Hogan makes Brooks dates take. Can't be too careful, brother. 
Lauper is half Italian and half German, though to listen to her voice, you'd swear she was Jewish. <laughs> Cindy had a hit song called She Bop, which was also the excuse Randy made Elizabeth use whenever she showed up with a black eye. <laughs> Liz, what happened? Oh, that? Just a little She Bop. <laughs> Lauper's first album was called She's So Unusual. What made her so unusual was she was the first woman to hang out backstage in the WWF and not fuck a wrestler. <laughs> she may be a mall rat, but she wasn't a ring rat. <laughs> not to disparage anyone, but you know the mania feud between Wendy Richter and Fabulous Moolah was rough when Cindy Lauper was the pretty one. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't want to say Lauper was unattractive, but she was the only woman allowed in Jimmy Snuka's dressing room. <laughs> Lauper's biggest hit song was Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which was also Jerry Lawler's defense in his rape trial. <laughs> Cindy Lauper did a theme song to the movie Goonies, a charming film about a group of kids who go on an adventure with a backwoods deformed monster, or as Dark Side of the Ring calls it, the Grizzly Smith story. <laughs> Cindy Lauper was a huge star. She was Bad Bunny to a generation of people afraid of Bad Bunny. <laughs> Lauper wrote the score to the Broadway show Kinky Boots. Kinky Boots is how the Velveteen Dream describes his ring gear. <laughs> Lauper's face can best be described as Shotzi Blackheart trying to take a shit. And when she does take that shit, you can buy a photo of it for $20. <laughs> Cindy Lauper was an icon who brought together the WWF and MTV, two entertainment powerhouses Scott Chaplin has never heard of. <laughs> Lauper participated in the WWF because her boyfriend, David Wolf, was a huge fan, and because he was too much of a coward to just ask for anal, he got her at WrestleMania. <laughs> in the end, Cindy Lauper isn't in the WWE Hall of Fame. And using China logic, the worst thing that pops up when you Google her is that she was on Mad About You. <laughs> All right, that's it. All right, I'll go. Uh, today we're roasting Cindy Lauper, who helped take wrestling to the mainstream, which is why she should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. But she is also an outspoken human rights activist, which is why she never will be. <laughs> Cindy got wrestling on MTV and was a featured part of WrestleMania but hey, Drew Carey lasted a minute in a Royal Rumble so he could plug his improv comedy pay-per-view <laughs> he gets in she doesn't um, it's just not good business to put her in the Hall of Fame just imagine how mad Saudi Arabia would be if Vince honored the singer of Girls Just Want to Have Fun <laughs> her relationship to wrestling began when she befriended Captain Lou Albano on a plane people walk past him saying who the fuck is that loud obnoxious poorly dressed weirdo sitting next to captain lou albano <laughs> <laughs> she was huge in the 80s with her infectious persona and that persona was basically jersey housewife with the career supported by her mob boss <laughs> she's like if harley quinn went to the school from fame uh, she looks like oscar the grouch's girlfriend <laughs> she looks like if Madonna fought in the Salvation Army. <laughs> Honestly, making fun of Cindy Lauper is low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit is also the only people that still buy Cindy Lauper albums. <laughs> With the look and voice she had, there were two paths for her: massive '80s pop star or valet in Rob Black's XPW. <laughs> she very much. <laughs> 
she's very much like pro wrestling in that she was really popular for a few years in the 80s and no one gave a shit about her by the early 90s <laughs> she had a resurgence in the 2000s winning tony awards for kinky boots it's great that she was busy again so she had an excuse when hogan called and asked her to help brooke with her music career <laughs> Cindy Lauper is what happens when someone born female decides to dress like a drag queen. Uh, <laughs> she had a song called Time After Time, which is about Jay Uso's history with DUIs. <laughs> Finally, uh, it's really amazing at the height of her popularity. Wherever she went, she pushed pro wrestling. She talked about it on the Tonight Show. She brought Hogan to the Grammys, and everyone was like, "Hey, can you not talk about wrestling so much? It's fucking embarrassing." Which is something every host of this podcast hears all the time from our wives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, Whopper actually rewrote Girls Just Want to Have Fun to make it more feminist. Originally, the hit was titled, Bitch, I'm Trying to Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun is actually Ric Flair's rebuttal to Dark Side. <laughs> she called her Matthew Shepard song Above the Clouds because a round of fence wasn't as catchy. <laughs> She wrote kinky boots about Charlie Price, who inherited a shoe factory and formed an unlikely partnership with a drag queen. So basically, what would happen if Ryan Murphy told the story of Pat Patterson and Vince McMahon? <laughs> she looks like the art teacher who's fired for making the kids draw Jesus. <laughs> she was a guest on Cher's Dress to Kill tour, so she showed up without a mask. But up, but. She was inducted into the Long Island Hall of Fame, Music Hall of Fame, because you can't keep inducting Billy Joel. <laughs> she was part of the Today Show series, Shine a Light series, which I thought was Ronan Farrow's expose on Matt Lauer's intern. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but there's a Cindy Lauper Barbie to celebrate the 1980s. And the, if you leave it out in the sun, you get the Cindy Lauper of 2021. <laughs> She looks like Rod Stewart's fairy godmother. <laughs> Kids threw rocks at her growing up, which was the only way Eugene could come. Her song True Colors was inspired by a scientist's journey to find out what Sammy Sosa's supposed to look like. <laughs> she tried to find herself in the woods with her dog Sparkle, which sounds like a haiku Jeff Hardy leaves his daughter. <laughs> she won the inaugural MTV Music Award for Best Music Video, which were the Slammies for people who watched their friends die of AIDS. <laughs> In the 70s, she thought she'd never sing again. In the 80s, we built a time machine in search of the 70s. <laughs> she quit IHOP after being sexually harassed, which is actually how they welcome you to the team at Waffle House. <laughs> And finally, her song, She's So Unusual, is the only top 10 song to mention a gay porn magazine. But we'll never forget that hit single that came in at number 11 in the summer of 1968, Chode Hunter Quarterly by Karen Carpenter. So dumb. So dumb. So dumb. I really thought Cotterly is the one I was like, this is, did you do that Cindy Whopper Rod Stewart fairy godmother joke? 
Scott, did you have something? Okay. Every time I do a joke, sometimes I'm like, did somebody else write this? Um, no other human being on the planet could have come up with that. And that's why we love you, Dan, and we're happy you're here. Well, hey, let's get to the show, the show and hell of it all. And today <laughs> I wanted to have a joke about something like uh like you know, uh girls just want to have fun and then go enters Greta Thunberg. <laughs> but I didn't know how to make that a joke. You oh, know? that's so funny though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something um, about her ruining that party by entering. <laughs> that's fine. Look, I mean, like this this uh, music video is uh, in show and hell, but it could easily be in Ain't That Swell. It is Cindy Whopper's The Goodies. Good, no, the Goodies are good enough. Uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of familiar faces. Iron Sheik, uh, Classy Freddie Blassie. Piper, right? Yeah. Fabulous Moolah is genuinely scary in this and made me wonder when I saw Moolah, did like Mama Fratelli turn this down? What happened? <laughs> and uh, and I also am like, how is the Iron Sheik still alive? I would never think out of all these guys that Sheik would be the one that was still kicking, you know, because he looks old here. He looks old here. And this is like, you know, oh, 35 yeah, he's years He's the only ago. one still alive in this. Yeah. I, th- I think Sheik's Twitter account is like uh, the psycho son, you know? Just I like sitting that. in a rocking chair, dressed like honest, you're not, you're not far off. Yeah, <laughs> you're not far off. Really, <laughs> it is actually is. Um, and at the end, very end, we get a weird special cameo by Steven Spielberg. Scott, I bet well, the you Goonies, yeah, the Goonies are in it. You know, it's the Goonies and these wrestlers, and uh, the Goonies is is one of my favorite movies ever. So this kind of falls under one of my favorite songs ever. It's definitely been on every variation of a of a music thing I've had, you know, like I had it on cassette as a little boy and then I had it on CD and then on my iPod and now it's on my iPhone currently. It's like a, a song that will follow me forever that makes me happy always. And the music video is uh, is a blast and it you know, it's a, it's a time where it appeared like they put so much money into music videos and where music videos felt like an event. I mean, this is like an episode of a, of a thing and it's, it's a huge movie and they have the characters in it acting as the characters on the set with Cindy Lauper. It's, it's really, really cool. And, and it, it does, it just feels like an event. It feels like you're watching something that was really cool at the time. Robert, what do you think of the music video? I mean, it's a music video where Roddy Piper and Thanos are on the same, like the same video. That's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, there, there's something, this combines a lot of like weird niche things that I always loved. I used to love when there was a soundtrack for a movie and they would force the music video to be about the movie that it's related to. And then the song becomes infinitely better than the movie. Uh, and there's no real connection. Like I used to love that Seals Kiss from a Rose was from the Batman Forever soundtrack. So when you see this music video, it's like really confusing that, you know, this video is for this song. Um, The the song, the video is like seven and a half minutes long. There's a whole story arc to it. Um, And then there's that part in the middle where it's just a musical interlude and just clips from the Goonies movie that you could easily fast forward through. But otherwise, it's a very avant-garde, disturbing thing. I don't think fabulous move was the creepiest part i think nikolai volkov milking a plastic cow while singing the <laughs> russian national anthem while yeah, there's all this chaos going on is disturbing like you're just looking at this like what the fuck am i watching and i forgot spielberg's in it like uh, the tony khan of his generation and uh it's weird that it ends on a cliffhanger that i don't think they ever paid off 
They're like, stay tuned for part two. No, well, no, never... it's actually, I, I believe it's a 12-minute video. Oh, is it's that what it is? In two parts, maybe. I watched yeah. part two, man. I couldn't find yeah. part two, and I just yeah. assumed maybe it never happened. And, well, it uh, did. And... Oh, it's very real, yeah. Do you want to Andre it shows up, yeah. Yeah, but how, how does it end? Fucking Andre, yeah. Andre shows up oh. like in armor. Yeah. And it fucking rules, he and he, the and he fights off the, the bad guys. Yeah, so I would yeah. I would have had the Goonies Princess Bride crossover that we all deserved. You know it. Yeah. yeah, Mike. What do you think of this music video? Oh, I fucking loved it, man. This was awesome. Like, I think this is the happiest I've been watching a clip on this show. <laughs> this is like I, I've never seen this video. Like, I know the song. I, I mean, the Goonies. I, I think is is one of just the best fucking movies ever. Um, and uh, but watching this, I didn't realize how many wrestlers were gonna be in it, and how fun it was, and how silly it was and it's like like steven spielberg is in this fucking video and yeah, fabulous moolah <laughs> yeah it's crazy <laughs> i mean it's insane like i mean like like i was saying like my roast joke kind of but you know there was at some point like all right you want to keep putting the wrestlers in things yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so like but it's so like fun and um i but the but one thing that it's missing um I really wanted to see Sloth and Andre team up together. That would have fucking ruled. And uh, there's no Sloth in this, and there's there's no Fratellis either. So that was a, a bit disappointing. Mike, does it bother? I have a question. Uh, as a Goonies fan, does it bother you at all that it's always Spielberg and never Richard Donner? Like it feels like Nightmare Before Christmas, where everyone's convinced it's directed by Tim Burton, even though he didn't direct it. Like it's just this is one of those weird things where even when Spielberg showed up in this, it's like it, it's. It, did he help at all direct? Because I know with Poltergeist, which is the guy who did Chains Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Spielberg kind of stepped in because the studio didn't like what he was doing. Both are Spielberg movies. came up with the story for the Goonies. Like that that was his thing and he produced it. But it's it's one of those where like Richard Donner is a fairly big name and he just kind of gets marginalized in the Goonies lore. No, it's a good point. I mean, it's interesting like when, when Donner passed, I, I think it was is either earlier this year or, or last year. I'm sorry to remember, but the guy who played Chunk, who's like a, an entertainment lawyer, uh, yeah. Jeff Cohen, he but he said that Richard Donner paid for his law school. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was July of this year. He passed July fifth. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That sucked. I, how much money? Did but I, um, I didn't realize that guy had that much money. But dude, dude, dude he made Lethal Weapon. All the Lethal well, Weapon. Well, yeah, you're Superman. right. All, all Hollywood made, money. Made Superman Omen. and kind of made Superman too. No. Yeah. yeah. All the good Superman. parts of Superman 2. <laughs> yeah, Superman 2 is so Superman 2 is like one of the better comic book movies. Yeah, it rules. It's but awesome. this is yeah, I mean, this is just like pure fun silliness shit. Like it, it's interesting with music videos, like like MTV starts in 1980 and they don't have enough content, so they outsource it to like the European artists, and that's kind of how you get like the popularity of New Wave. And I feel like Cindy was like one of the first like American pop stars who like really fucking got like what the potential of music videos and MTV was. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like because this this video makes wrestling look fun, makes you want to see the Goonies, and <laughs> makes Cindy Lauper look awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. man, it's a it's it's a it's a big winner. This is the nicest roast we've done so far, even though some of those jokes were pretty mean. Um. <laughs> We're going to get to, uh, I was going to do We Must Hate Ourselves World Cup yet, but Tyler hasn't seen the videos, so he's watching those now. Which means that instead, we're going to get into Dynamite. 
We're going to get into dynamite or dud. We're going to talk about last week's dynamite. I mean, last night's dynamite or two nights ago. You guys are getting this Friday. Uh, hour one, Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero. Inner circle promo, a women's triple tag, Jungle Boy versus Anthony Bowens. Oh, wait. I added way too much on the. No, no, this is right. No, Tony uh, Khan added way too much. Anthony Bowens, uh, Hangman <laughs> package, Bobby Fish and Super Click promo backstage, Eddie Kingston and CM Punk pull apart, and Wheeler Utah versus Wardlow. Mike, what did you think of this first hour? Yeah, this was fun. Um, you know, I, I, the, the, I, I kind of like it fits the 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 Danielson character, I guess. Of like, I get prepared for wrestling by wrestling other people, so I was okay with that otherwise it's like all right you're bringing this guy in and he loses and i know that he's a new japan guy but i don't really know or, or care about him um so i mean but the, the match was solid uh the dan dan lab lambert putting chris jericho in the walls and say it's a boston crab 1975 florida championship wrestling the real rocky johnson was so like perplexing to me because it's like it's obviously like a dig at, at the at well the walls but also like a dig at the rock but it's like he's the rock's son so he kind of is the real like rocky johnson he, and also the rock has never claimed to be rocky johnson but rocky johnson spent a lot of time claiming to be the dad of the rock I feel like you came. Up with, <laughs> I feel like you came up with this in your room with like note cards and like different lines leading into note cards and shit. It was very weird. well. It, it's also it's like what's interesting is that it did show that Lambert is the biggest nerd out of all of these nerds, but it's just he's a different type of nerd. So he just needs other nerd wrestlers. Like he needs like guys to show up in like amateur wrestling outfits or just like i mean he should be with ftr is what should be happening because if they're if they're both like we like 70s and 80s wrestling and original wrestling then they should be together and not you know lambert with the toy vlog guy and the podcast dude so you want to make ftr look smaller yeah but they're still legit <laughs> fighters uh you know they have like mixed martial arts backgrounds and yeah but they're not presented as such. yeah but who cares that's what they have it's 2021 it's like People who like comic book movies are everybody. It's yeah, but that's but the only movies hates, they make now. But Scott, if he hates millennials and he thinks they're all dweebs, why is he with two millennial dweebs who dress like millennial dweebs? No, they're not dweebs. But they dress like it. They act no, like I, it. I no, I think he would say they dress cool, even though we think they dress like dweebs. They dress proper, you know. That those are expensive clothes they wear. Okay, they just look like douchebags. <laughs> God, what do you think of this first first hour? Uh, yeah, I like the first yeah. hour uh, a lot. Uh, I mean, dude, the Okada references just in the first match alone, I was just fanning myself, freaking out. Uh, yeah, the first dude, hour. Doesn't Daniel Bryan look like 2002 Triple H next to Rocky Romero? <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. I've never seen Daniel Bryan look that physically intimidating. Dude, also, he's, I mean, he's shredded now. He's shredded man. now. It's great. Yeah. It's great. He's, he, if he had done this in WWE, maybe they would have pushed him. It was, it was so good. The American Top Team thing, I didn't think it was going to be good. Uh, and then when I watched it, I, I did like it. Uh, you know, it was quick and easy. There was a beatdown. Dan Lambert didn't say too much. 
the the power bomb looked like shit, which I thought was good. It, it you know, uh, yeah, it he's supposed to be bad at it, you know. Yeah, safest power bomb I've ever seen. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was, it, it was fun. Um, the the women's triple threat, right? Uh, the 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 trios match uh, that was during this. I, I thought there were some cool spots in that. Uh, Ty Conti really impressed me in that match. That that Ty KO move is really really great. She's got, she's got fire, man. She's got babyface fire. Like she will be a champion. She's not going to be a champion for them this time around, but she will be a champion for them. Yeah, and Jungle Boy Anthony Bowens was great. The caster rap was again a blast. Yeah, yeah, dude. You know why I liked this? And this was also they like drizzled in a few video packages. A lot of this show was like nobody who was even going to be on the pay per view was in the matches. Well, we did get a Matt Hardy running. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, that was this hour? No, right? It was the end of this yeah. hour. The, the Wheeler Yuta Wardlow, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I liked that Wardlow obviously was so dominant. I liked that the crowd was cheering for him like crazy. He does look great too. Like those moves look fierce as hell. He looks awesome. Uh, but yeah, I did not need that Matt Hardy shit. And I do not need to see a Matt Hardy Orange Cassidy match on Rampage. Well, I, I will say this, Scott, if I have, if, if they have to do it, I'm glad it's on Rampage and not the pay-per-view. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Robert? Um, yeah, so first of all, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, Orange Cassidy and them are members of Chaos. They didn't mention that enough during the first match. Yeah. Really. It was, it, it was, and it's fun because they told the story of that Romero and Brian trained back in 2002. There was a reason for it. That's fine. Um the inner circle thing it worked in that at least now the intrigue for the matches that they was like dan lambert's not only going to win but he's going to pin chris jericho so now you have a reason to kind of care about what's what the end of this match is i'm not super excited for ty conti Britt baker that that six-man tag didn't make me any more interested <laughs> in it um i really like jungle boy anthony bowen thought that was a really fun match though i was worried the announcers were leaning very heavy into bowens is doing really well on his own I don't want them to split the acclaimed up. I think there's something to them as a duo. It was fun to see Bobby Fish do that. I, this is just like, it's, it's like, like uh, Owens is proving ground because he just had a match with Brian, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's been getting all these high profile matches. Getting big, big matches. The announcer talking about how great he's doing on his own. Those are all sort of flashes of we're going to split them in the same way. Putting Fish and Cole together is basically just begging Kyle O'Reilly to please just leave NXT and come here it's, when your contract's done. It's up in December, right? It's up in December. So this wow. is the ultimate, like, yeah, you're going to come here. The Hangman Omega video package would have been cool, except the music they played, and I went back to listen to this twice, was Itsy Bitsy Spider. Which Wait, was, was so... It? Yes, they're like, yes. Went up the water spout. It's so fucking yeah, creepy cool. and weird. Cool. No, no, it's not cool. You played Itsy Bitsy Spider for your Hangman Omega video package. Scott, Dude. sorry, Dan. I thought that was a Scott. No, that's, I'm going to defend no, I know. It was you, but I'm just being a dick. Uh, the Eddie Punk package was awesome. It was what WWE used to do great, which was using the IWA footage to tell their story uh, and then sprinkling in that that promo from, from last week from Rampage, which I'm sure will be somebody's high point of Eddie yelling at Punk, nobody wants you here. It's such a cool fucking story. I enjoyed you to Wardlow and the power bombs. And then when Hardy and then came in after, I was like, oh, fuck, I don't don't care about them. I'd rather watch you and Wardlow. Wardlow's a star. And compared to the Hardy family office, Wardlow's an even bigger star. It's it's important. 
WWE. Oh, no, it's no worries. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see him if he gets to WWE because he is big for AEW, but I don't know if he's big for WWE. He's, he's not. He, he's this not is one good. of those. It's like, it's like, we'll talk about him later, but it's a lot like Mike Awesome, where Mike Awesome was a massive giant in ECW and in WCW and WWE, he's just another guy. He was and that 70s guy, to be exact. He was that 70s guy, but you put Wardlow against, you know, standing next to Omos, and Wardlow's not going to look super tall. Well, I, I was just going to say, like, you know, but I, you know, when we, we used to make fun of AEW more, and, and I think we all like it more uh, now. It's, it's funny when you see the Hardy family run in, and you're like, oh, yeah, this – this was like 30 minutes of this fucking show for like six months. Like, <laughs> and they've, they've done a great job of, of having this, you know, uh, newer talent and using them instead of that crap. <laughs> yeah. It's not good. I mean, do you remember when we had Matt Hardy versus Christian and it felt like it was like a two month feud. <laughs> I remember Christian. He used to be in AEW. (laughs) It's got to be so stressful to be Tony because like these are all his heroes growing up and now he's got to like micromanage their time and shit. Yeah, he's got a Humpty Dumpty Matt Hardy again after every episode. Yeah. (laughs) All right, hour two. We have a Punk and Kingston pull apart. Uh, Leo Rush and Dante Martin versus Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel. A fantastic Miro promo. Pac versus Dax Harwood. And a uh, really fun contract signing between Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman Page. Scott, what do you think about the second hour? I challenge anybody to find an hour of wrestling this year, of television wrestling this year, uh, that was as as great as this. Uh, there was nothing wrong with this hour. Every match was unique well, in its own way. Part was a little rough. Wait, which part? The pull apart is the only thing. I mean, the pull apart was rough. Like, wait, which pull apart? Between Punk and Kingston, and the, the one where Eddie rough. Kingston was no match for Ruby Riot. No, they're <laughs> friends, and 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 there was other people blocking them. They're friends. Well, they are friends. <laughs> the way he ran to fucking Punk was so hilarious. Yeah, that's how fat losers run. Eddie Kingston's a fat moron. Like, what are we talking about? I know. It's awesome. It's every weed dealer in high school that I yeah, knew. it was so good, dude. You try to run while like your pants are halfway down your ankles. It's fucking <laughs> the best. He does have like a real TJ Maxx style. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I thought it was a great hour. Dude, if you add 60 pounds to Leo Rush and he's either the biggest professional wrestler in the world or an NFL wide receiver, like the only thing that's keeping that guy back is his fucking his his uh, his size. And also, I want to shout out probably my favorite moment in the hour, which was Brandon Cutler fucking up the rolling suitcases when they were leaving the building. That was <laughs> oh, um, I loved them. Them showing all of them leave the building. I thought was yeah. great. That was great. We'll touch, yeah. Scott, what do you think? I mean, Mike, what do you think of the second hour? No, this was fantastic. Um, the uh, I, I'm usually, yeah, I, contract signings. I often feel like it's a throw a throw a dart at a dartboard of all right, what do we do? People already want to see this. How do we get to the end? But it really worked. I mean, I honestly thought that Don Callis had been canceled. Um, uh, so I, I was like, <laughs> I just thought he was like gone and done and he wasn't an impact anymore and he wasn't here anymore and yeah, so i legit was surprised to see him um because i think they even said it's like it's like been six weeks and i just thought that was it 
um and uh but the but the blood thing was fucking awesome the signing in blood was was really cool and um i mean i that that tag match it was so like the spectacle of it uh you know moriarty and, and martin starting out like i often don't like you know um anything with Seidel. <laughs> But even he was good in that. It was just like it was to a level like it was so like car crashy, like in, in a good way that like it fucking sucked me in. I, I watched that match like twice just to like Whoa. understand what was going on. It was it was pretty amazing. And I mean, you know, you got to really give them credit uh, in terms of the new talent sometimes where it's like. You know, this was Moriarty's first time on uh, Dynamite, and he looked like a fucking star. Um, and this was just, yeah, it was like breathtaking. Um, it was pretty incredible. So yeah, I think this hour didn't need to be much, and it and it way over delivered. It was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, uh, the only thing I didn't like was you know the the Cody. Like I just I just don't need that tag match on the pay per view. I'd rather they just save it for a dynamite or something i think that the Maybe show felt evil, like you know the show felt built already and I'm, i i am a little like annoyed with the amount of times they do the the lights go off and then someone appears like the wrestlers should be prepared for that by now <laughs> they should stop being surprised <laughs> bring a fucking flashlight <laughs> that is actually a really funny thing if somebody's shown up like just brought out a flashlight yeah like if- if Brandon Cutler brought out a flashlight, that would be fucking horrible. Oh, he needs to, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it, it just, I, I, they, if it's just Malachi, it's fine, but like they've done it with other wrestlers too. Um, yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll be, I think the last hour was, I thought it was very good. Um, my minor nit, I love that tag match. I, I've been saying for a while, I thought Dante Martin's going to be a huge star. The only thing that was, confusing to me and just bothersome was leo rush was so fucking entertaining in this but he kind of forgot that he's supposed to be a heel like there was a story they were telling that dante martin doesn't want a team with leo rush because leo rush is kind of being a bullying dick that he's all about like a cryptocurrency and i'm gonna guide you but you're not supposed to trust him and then he went out there and he was getting the crowd into it and pointing to the audience and they loved him and he was a massive baby face and I'm just concerned what that's going to do for what the story's supposed to be, because they were setting up a pretty good story of Leo and Dante. And instead it was, you know, Dante listens to Leo and they're triumphant. So maybe that's the new pivot, but it just felt kind of weird. The Miro thing talking about, you know, dang, Brian Danielson, like I have to break you and send you back to your wife. So my wife will accept me again was fucking awesome. I loved Dax versus Pop. He's my just, favorite promo of the year. I like he's, him more he's than a killer. I love that they don't let him wrestle and he just does promos. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, like that's what Eddie Kingston should do. But I love that the finish of the Dax Pop match was based on actual real ring psychology of Dax has a hurt shoulder and doesn't want to risk his big tag title match. So he taps right away. Like that's that's great. That doesn't happen enough in wrestling. And the announcers sold it that. well. That was great. It was so smart. The only thing that was fucking stupid is Mike Lawrence's favorite wrestler, Cody Rhodes. Why was Cody already in the crowd? Yo, this is what he does. He did this at my Newark show. He just comes running in from the crowd to make a save while wearing his jacket, but got stuck because his jacket was too bulky and had to take it off. That's the way to keep him babyface. The longer he took to get to that ring, the more people cheered. Though you talk about Eddie Kingston running. 
Penta and Phoenix's manager trying to hold the belts while running was one of the funniest things. That was amazing. He sprinted. It was like he'd never run before in his life, and it was awesome. And, Mike, to your point, I Googled to see if Don Callis had gotten, like, let go in the middle of this segment. And then I'm like, this camera guy, like, the blocking is so shitty. And I was going to criticize AEW for, like, you guys aren't blocking this well. And then they attack. I was like, that fucking got me. It, it worked. It was effective. I knew, I was, was I the only one who knew it was him from the beginning? Yeah. I, I just thought it was... No- well, when they crossed, you know, when finally the camera guy crossed yeah. into it, but you know, when he crossed, I'm like, either like that's someone player. that's going to attack or they fucked it up. And I'm hoping it was an attack because I didn't want them to ruin them telling a really compelling story from a year ago to now, beat by beat. And then signing in blood is always, I mean, that's just a great like Dusty Rhodes wrestling staple. It works, it's effective. Uh, and the words really they stuff. had for each other, I thought was great. I mean, they, I think they both just did a killer job of selling what this feud is, what it's been. Uh, Hangman referencing Abushi, you know, yes. that, that that was my freaking highlight of the week. More importantly, was was Kenny Omega's suit choice. Like that was oh, such a yeah, heel man. suit. Like that yeah, was like Triple right. H 2003 style of my my wardrobe's going to tell the story for me. If you watch this on <laughs> mute and just saw these guys walk out, you're like, oh, that guy in the maroon suit dressed like an usher at a movie theater is the heel. But you want to you want to make Scott happy book and no. show by mentioning Japanese wrestlers who aren't going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, guys, it's time for our full gear predictions. 2021 It's going to be a big show. I'm really looking forward to it. Let's start out with the pre-show. Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter versus Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. Who do you got, Scott? Uh, oh, I, is the is the food guy here yet? Let me go check. <laughs> <laughs> and then me standing outside waiting for Uber Eats to arrive. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa and Sheeta. Mike? Um... I mean, honey, like everyone said they were going to come. They're just not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> and honey is the dog. The dog. Adina's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. been dead for eight years. <laughs> All right, Robert. Uh, I'm not watching live and I'm not going to try to hunt this thing down. So I'll fake it when we talk about it next week. All right. Ooh. Cody and Pac versus Andrade and Malachi Black. Scott, who do you got? Who my guess is that Cody and Pac lose. Cody takes the pin, and Pac is mad that this guy is such a fucking loser and he lost. You know, like that's the story going forward. Now Pac wants to fight this guy who messed up a win for him, and it's just Cody continuously messing up uh, and pissing off Arn. So yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I think Malachi Black getting the pin on Cody again would be be pretty good business. Or Andrade, um, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mike? Listen, I know that the cable bill is charged to our joint account, but I put $50 <laughs> of my own into the joint, so I am just paying for this, and you don't have All right, God damn it. Uh, Robert? It's a bit. <laughs> I care like about it. it. Oh, that's his, him talking to his mom. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> You've already done the Cody hit rock bottom and has now been redeemed because he showed up and worked out with Brock Anderson. So you can't really have him lose again. So the only viable things are either Pac loses this match for his team or Cody beats Andrade because you can't beat Aleister Black. The way Brock Anderson separated CM Punk is the same way 
Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise hug in Rain Man. <laughs> same, same exact physical. Motion. No, we're not talking about Eugene just yet, Dan. Save it for later. Coming up. All right, Christian Cage in the Jurassic Express versus the Super Click. Who do you got, Robert? Uh, poor fucking Christian. Um, this poor like this poor guy. Uh, it's it's got to be the it's got to be the Super Click. They they lost their token match when they lost to the Dark Order in that fun wacky thing. Uh, they've they've got to win this here, and this has to be the the impetus for Christian turning heel and finding something to do. All right. Well, Mike. Look, I don't know why Luke Perry's son is beating up that small child. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, the I, I'm going to go with the, the super click here, because especially if what happens in the main event is what I think happens, you still kind of need to keep the faction strong. And, and that actually is a good dividing story where if they, they win their match. And Kenny does his. Um, I, I I think that's that that might be the way to go. So I'll, I'll go. All right, Scott. Mike said exactly what I was going to say. That's the way to go, unless Tony knows Kyle Kyle O'Reilly is signing with them come January, and uh, the move is to split up Cole from the Bucks to get him with the Undisputed Era guys. Uh, and then but that's, that's not the case. Baby face Kenny Omega too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, but yeah, I, I'm gonna guess super click. But you know, the, the other guys need a win too for sure. But I know this is false count anywhere. I'm guessing it'll be what the opening match. Maybe it's gonna rule uh, as all of their matches do. It, they're just gonna knock it out of the park. I, I can't wait. Yeah, man. I can't think of you know. I mean, I can only think of like two matches that are going to probably, I mean, the pre-show is probably not going to be very good. And then the Cody match, I, I can't think of anything else. that's gonna... Dude, that Cody match is going to be perfection, man. You think so? <laughs> Dude, you got three killers in there and that's Cody. True. That's true. That's true. Four killers. If you count arm. Five if you count his gun. Chris, keep on you. Uh, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Whoo, hot damn, man. I mean, this match out of nowhere, just based off of one promo and a pull apart uh, that we saw on Dynamite this week. And also, I don't know if you guys saw they, they did an AEW countdown thing that they put on YouTube, or it was a road to Friday, or it was a road to full gear, whatever they put on YouTube. There is an Eddie Kingston promo that is holy shit good. Uh, I think Punk wins though. I think Punk needs to get his ass kicked bad. I think we saw the Danielson and Kingston match, and we are going to want it to be harder hitting than that, which I think is impossible. It's just got to be different hitting. It's got to be. They just got to go for it, man. They got to go for it. Uh, And if they don't, it's going to be a disappointment. I think they will. I think Punk will win, but I won't be mad if Kingston wins. It, 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 dude, both of these guys are going to get cheered and booed in moments, and it's going to be a really awesome match. I think Kingston's going to get cheered more than Punk, but but when Punk wins, he'll get cheered. So that's all that matters. And um, Mike, who do you got? Well, you know, I, I think it's great that Punk is finally wrestling someone who's as insecure about his body as he is. So that's good. I, I, I would, I would, I want to see the match. I want to see the discussion of what they'll wear uh, in the match also. Um, 
I I mean, the thing is, like, I, I love Eddie, and I feel like his shit never gets to, like, get off the ground. You know, I thought there was more gas in the tank with him and Moxley feuding. I thought there was more with him and Miro, because that ended kind of dirty. And then they just kind of forget him, and he is talented enough that he could always just, like, cut a promo, make you care again, but I I think that he should win this because I, I would love to see this continue. I think these guys have more in them. And um, it's the most excited I've been about Punk in the company in terms of an opponent. So um, I think Punk's going to win, but I wish it was Eddie. Robert. So I read that I read that Players Tribune article that uh, Eddie Kingston published. And if, if you're listening to this and you haven't read it, go read that right now. It, it chronicles what it what his journey was to get into AEW, his battles with mental illness, all the all the adversity he's overcome. He's he's really having a very strong moment right now. What I'm hoping is gonna happen here is he's got this very emotional match with CM Punk. He's a very emotional wrestler. I want to see Punk beat him. I want there to be that Eddie emotion after they're crying. They go to hug and you get that Jericho Shawn Michaels moment of the hug and then Eddie kicking Punk in the balls and going full berserk on him to continue this story. Because I think right now you're getting both of them as kind of babyface, kind of heel. I want to see a full on bloodthirsty Eddie Kingston going after CM Punk for the next couple months. And these guys really being able to tell that story a lot further without this ambiguity. That would be absolutely how i want to see that one go i'd actually like to see it the other way i think punk turning heel tnt wouldn't allow that i think he's now at like the he's he's now john cena with the make-a-wish where no you're right you can't fuck with him even though i agree heel cm punk being the you don't want me here but i'm here and i'm the best in the world and fuck you would be a hell of a lot of fun i just don't think that they're able to do it so with Moxley not being there, give Eddie something to do that's a little different than just, golly gosh, gee, I'm happy to be here, babyface. Madan, you're on mute, Grandma. Next up, we're going to have MJF versus Darby Allen. I'll start off. MJF is going to win this, and he's going to win this by cheating because they've already told the story that Darby is going to really try to wrestle him. And uh, he's going to be surprisingly better than MJF. And then MJF is going to have to, you know, dig into his bag of tricks. And we're going to have an MJF heel, you know, grab the tights win or, you know, something in that world. Robert? Dan, to, to quote Lee Corso, not so fast. Um, MJF has only lost, I think, once this year. They've made a point that Darby's the only pillar he hasn't beat Darby is going to win this because Wardlow is going to probably cost MJ up the match by accident. Wardlow's match on Dynamite was to see what he can do as a babyface, as a singles, as Diesel. And this is going to lead to eventually the uh, MJF-Wardlow split on Dynamite of you cost me this match. And now he's got that, you know, asterisk on his record that he lost to Darby and still can't beat him. Interesting booking, Scott. I love that booking. Yeah, this is this is the toughest one for me in terms of who I think is going to win because it's kind of irrelevant. Uh, both stories uh, will be great. Uh, who? I just I kind of want to go with Darby just because MJF is so 
uh, untouchable at the moment, and I think Darby could use a win, so why the hell not? But I wouldn't mind uh, either way. All right, Mike? I mean, I feel like both, you know, both these guys lost their last pay-per-view match, and um, and I feel like Darby still got a boost. Feud finally being over. He, he feels reborn. He feels fucking fresh and exciting again. And, and Darby is a guy who can get beat and over again and still be just as over. But JF is a guy, the, the more that he gets beat, the less uh, trash talk, um, the le- yeah, the less valid his trash talk seems. So I think he needs to win this and, and I think he should win this. And I, I mean, yeah, Dar- I mean, Darby and Kingston are both at that, like, you know, they got like Mount perpetually over. Like they're just gonna be over no matter what. Yeah, that's totally true. Um, let's keep on you, Mike. Lucha Brothers versus FTR for the AEW Tag Team Titles. Who do you got? I go Luchas. I, I want to take it off them just yet. Um, you know, and you you already had you know that uh, the FTR won the other belt and all that. I I think I think it should be the Luchas. I think that. This also, I, I think either, yeah, like Scott said, the super click or this opens the show. But um, I think that this might be, in terms of work rate, the match of the night. Interesting. Scott? Yeah, I'm obviously super excited for it. I, I do think the Lucha Brothers are going to retain. And I think then they'll end up going to Mexico and beating them. You know, they have to get those titles back too. So unless FTR wins and then they win all of the titles in Mexico and that's sort of AEW's, you know, agreement with AAA, uh, I, I don't know. I can't see Lucha that Brothers. doesn't make any them. sense though, right? Because it should be, the third match should be Lucha's went over and then FTR has to put the titles up, right? So they're, the both titles are on the line. Um, uh... Like an all or nothing ladder match? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. I just think it'll happen in Triple A. I don't necessarily know if it's gonna. No, happen. I know. I mean, setting it up for Triple A. Yeah, but Scott, oh, if it, yeah, if it was Triple sure. A, it'd be an all or nothing mask versus hair. Your child's in the front <laughs> row crying yeah. while you're bleeding. Match. <laughs> Robert, who do you got? Uh, I don't think you take it off the Lucha Bros just yet. I also really now hope that at some point in the next month they finagle it where the Lucha Bros have to have a match with Leo Rush and Dante Martin, because now I really want to see that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Next up, we have the inner circle versus America's top team. I think we're going to see a Judas effect on Dan Lambert by Chris Jericho. I've got, I've got American top team for this, Mike. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm uh, Jericho's inner circle for this, Mike. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be Jericho uh, inner circle. I think that this is either going to be the worst match on the show or the biggest surprise. And it's like, because it's like well, you couldn't say best match you just had to say biggest. no no and it, and it shouldn't it doesn't need to be this is like the entertainment like goofy you know yeah it's, i mean yeah sports entertainment this is, the big, this is the big show qt marshall spot yes it, it literally is um and i think it'll be you know fun for what it is but i think that you know the guys that are there every week that are staying um you know are the uh, inner circle, and um, hopefully someone crushes Dan Lambert's larynx. <laughs> uh, Scotty. Yeah, I think inner circle wins this just so it ends. Robert. 
I think they are annoyed at the moment because Jorge Masvidal is injured. So there's no way that he's going to be able to be involved in this whatsoever. Uh, that was kind of the hook all along. I think Dan Lambert's going to blade because he's an old school wrestling fan and a bloody Dan Lambert in the walls is the image that they're going to want to have. And I know that Chris Jericho is doing everything he can to pitch a spot where he has to kiss Paige Van Zandt because he doesn't know what decade it is. Like, oh, it'll be great. <laughs> uh, the old Joey Ryan push. Next up, we have uh, Brian Danielson versus Miro in an AEW Eliminators Finals tournament. This for me is thank you. This this to me is the hardest one to pick. Um, I'm gonna go with Danielson just because he's got a lot of momentum right now, and I think. I think Danielson is going to get a more interesting match out of Adam Hangman Page, even though Miro is more of the straight heel. I think Hang, I think Brian will get the better match out of him and help build him as a main eventer. So, and that gives you honestly, that gives you my my pick for Omega and Page too. But Robert, I can see this one going either way. They lucked into uh, having Miro not in the tournament to be able to use him as a replacement and having his story work here. Um, I think that they would have wound up going to a, a Moxley uh, hangman match. I'm concerned with Danielson hangman just because you want to establish Paige as the pure baby face. And I just think putting him into a match where the crowd's going to be split might not do him a ton of favors, but on the other hand, him being the first guy to beat Danielson and Danielson shake his hand as an endorsement. On the other hand, I would have a hell of a lot more fun with Paige and Miro as a legitimate feud for a while. And you those promos though, you could, still you could, Oh, you could definitely still do it. I'm saying in terms of where you're coming off of this, where you know that hangman's first match is going to be Danielson. So I'm, I'm going to go Miro. I just, I kind of want to see uh, hangman have a great feud with a top tier heel and give Miro something to do for the next little while. And those promos will be a hell of a lot of fun. All right, uh, Mike. Yeah, this one's tough, man, because it's like Miro just lost to Sammy. And then he's now put in this position where it feels like he should lose again. Um, but I, I feel it's also like Brian, you know, Brian can lose. And still, like, claim or or heal it up and and want a title shot because of the tie with Omega, that he didn't lose to Omega, that he went the distance with him. I feel like that's still, like, a lingering plot thread if you want to use it. But um, I just, I, yeah, I can't see, I can't see Punk losing yet, and I, and I can't see Brian losing yet, so. Well, let me, let me pose this to you, Mike. What if this is the debut of Lana? that the thing that Miro was missing in AEW was his wife and that she's the reason why he wins. And she's now his guiding light to make him a main eventer. Okay. But that, what has to happen is he's got to knock Brian out and then he gets on top of Lana and Lana gets on top of him and they fuck pin Daniel Bryan. <laughs> well, it is, it is pay-per-view. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey man i'm into that i want to hear jim ross do the call on that now i don't want to offend anybody oh, there there won't be a call there'll just be heavy breathing that's every jim ross commentary now uh scott who do you got for this 
wish that this hat was big enough to hide the lust in my eyes. <laughs> His sad, droopy eyes. <laughs> well, because he's old, not because of Bell's palsy. I just want to put that out there. there he he looks like droopy dog. It has nothing to do with anything else. We love you, JR. Thanks for being part of the uh, same podcast family we are. The, 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 the disease isn't a choice, but the personality is. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. On to Britt Baker versus Ty Conti for the AEW. Oh, wait, here's oh, my Scott, take. Scott pick? Oh, yeah, Scott didn't well, you know, it was supposed to be Mox, right? And and Mox was going to turn full heel probably and beat Brian Danielson. That That was, I'm assuming, the plan. And so if you want to stick the course... Uh, yeah, just have Rusev do some heel shit to beat Brian. Lana would be the best excuse because any other reason would feel disappointing. So you do need a, need a surprise if you're going to um, excuse a Danielson loss. So, yeah, that sounds good uh, for me, too. By the way, Ooh. for Dorks, I just want to point out that the AEW mark is the only one to call him Rusev. All of us oh, made shit, sure I to call him Rusev. Miro. Yeah, just, just putting that out there. Hell, yes. It really is like it is like trans pronouns, right? Like you have to struggle. Like every time I say Daniel Bryan, I'm like, am I dead naming Brian Danielson? <laughs> Respect who he is, Mike. Respect yeah. his truth. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, who do you got, Scott? Britt Baker versus Ty Conti for the AEW women's title. Britt Baker. Yeah, this is the easiest one out of all of them, I think. Uh, I got Britt too. Mike and Robert. This yeah. won't be the easiest one to watch. But, oh, uh, I disagree. I think it'll be pretty good if they keep yeah, it. Yeah, Ty's good. Shit. I think. It, I think the problem is it's going to be a little schleppy. They really haven't built Ty up sufficiently to be a real challenge. So this is going to feel a lot like the Chris Statlander match, where you're just waiting to get to the conclusion. That was pretty good, though. That match. Yeah. For for that match, I I think. Um, wait, 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 wait. Are you saying AEW is struggling with their women's division? <laughs> no, of course not. I mean, they keep hiring all these old broads, and I don't like seeing anyone over 25, but not that we're going to get to that later or anything. We'll get to that later. <laughs> all right. In our main event, I've already uh, picked Adam Hangman Page, but Adam Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega for the AEW world title. Mike, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go Hangman. I, I know that maybe there's a story in the chase, but I feel like the chase already happened. And, it's already happened, you know. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny's had it almost a year. Um, and, 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 and truthfully, because I, I saw people talking about this in the, in the Facebook group, you know, like the face of the company and all that. I don't think that the, the title holder is the face of the company. I think that it's like, I think it's the second or third program down the card. I think that Punk's a bigger star. I think Brian's a bigger star. Wait, is Cody's in our Facebook group? <laughs> but i think that it's it's fine like i i don't think people mainly watch AEW for either omega or page and so it is okay oh, people watch for omega man people definitely watch for those guys yeah i don't i don't think he's the biggest star in the cup but that's just me man i could be yeah. wrong maybe not for you but i, I think people watch him i sure. just don't even feel he's treated that way but i do feel like it you can pull the trigger and and give it to hangman and just end on that feel good moment i mean this is the most like epic main event they've had where it's like you know a lot of times with the with these shows we're like what's gonna go last and like it's this this is the fucking main event and that's awesome that they did that yeah i mean the last big main event it felt like they had was the exploding barbed wire match and you know obviously don't jinx it 
Yeah, hopefully they don't add that stipulation. <laughs> Scott, who, who do you got? What is this, the main event, bro? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Look, I would love for Omega to continue having this title and for somehow this to be stretched out more. But it is it is very obviously complete, right? I mean, yeah. If there's another chapter of the story. Well, it, I, it's Hangman is champion and Kenny Jason. It's not the other he, way around. Yeah, I would just say the, the the story seems to be how Kenny's going to deal with what he's created and how Hangman is going to thrive because of how he's learned from all of this. You know. Um, that 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 signing how hangman and hangman since he's been back since winning that ladder match it's when he gets on the mic it's so short and so sweet and it's because he's confident you know um and and it's omega that's so scrambled and i i just the hangman growth it just seems like it's fucking complete like the fact that he picked up the title last week and said you got 10 days like as opposed to acting like a worm or whatever it's like that confidence is the champion and that's the story was gaining that confidence. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's over. Plus how physically impressive is it going to be? And hangman wins and John silver lifts hangman on his shoulder. <laughs> now look, is he going to kick that kick out of the one winged angel? I, I don't know. Abushi did. Abushi's the only person to ever kick out of the one winged angel. Will that happen? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but it's going to be an awesome match. And yeah, I think Hangman's going to win. And finally, Robert? Then Omega goes to Japan. Yeah, and I there cry. Is. Um, yeah, no, I think I, I thought when they first announced this match that it was going to be too soon. And they had coming off their last pay per view, you had the debut of Adam Cole, you had the debut of Brian Danielson, you had the anointment of CM Punk. There's all this stuff going on. And I thought this was going to get lost. But through just sheer will and charisma, Hangman Page has made himself relevant and it feels like this is the right time when I did not think that was the case a few months ago. So it's a huge testament to, to Adam Page. They've told the story well using the Dark Order, using the Super Click, using the Ghostbusters IP. Um, the, the contract signing was good. If you don't go with him at this point, he's uh, Lex Luger in the WWF. No way. If they don't go with him, they, they built him, him up twice to be main yeah. eventer, and both times he's he has to win this, Scott. Mm. I, I mean, I agree. I would love to see him win, but I don't think he has to. I, I think it's possible that, you know, he could lose. But, yeah, I think he's going to win. I, I, I don't think that if he loses and then he wins, like, in a month or two, it will have the same – effect as if he wins uh saturday i 100 agree but we will be covering this show in its entirety uh next week when we also do the roast of randy orton let me actually talk to you guys about next week while we have our guests uh link in here uh we're gonna be doing the roast of randy orton i have actually two ain't that swells one is orton's segment with rick flair which is like an underrated classic uh, and also, Orton's apparently saved a kid on the tour. <laughs> so we'll watch those videos uh, next week. We're also going to be doing for We Must Hate Ourselves World Cup. It'll be Naked Midian versus Stuttering Matt Morgan, uh, Dynamite or Dud, uh, Full Gear Review, and Survivor Series predictions. And High Spot, Low Spot. So it's going to be a huge show next week. 
Speaking of huge shows, uh, we have uh, with us the creator of a show I, I was lucky enough to write on. He's a hilarious guy. Uh, a Moral Compass, starting starring Bill Burr, Vince Vaughn's, and a bunch of guys are in it. It's on now. You got to check it out. Uh, Tyler Falbo is here. Tyler, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. Someone that knows nothing about wrestling and watch these videos in, in horror, really. Which is, <laughs> which, is, which is why I actually wanted you to be on this panel because there's something truly too, truly horrifying about both these gimmicks. We're deciding which gimmick is worse today, Eugene or that 70s guy. So I wanted to get an outsider's perspective, somebody who doesn't like wrestling. Uh, right off the bat, Tyler, which is the worst gimmick? Okay, well, yeah, they're both disturbing in very different ways. I think I might have the same opinion uh, as you. I think that obviously Eugene is just it's just off the bat that seems like the worst it's like you know robert Downey jr and tropic thunder <laughs> we all know. um it's very you know, bad they, they, they do back really they but do I go full o'reilly with the eugene character <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what's worse though is like going full mentally disabled person or just being so lazy to just put on a shirt and be like i'm 70s guy like <laughs> it's like it's october 31st 5 p.m you didn't think about your costume at all. You have to go to a party and you just found this shirt and I'm just this guy now. And I can't, I think that I'm a little more offended by that than actually being a mentally challenged person, but that's just me. Now, Tyler, would it change your opinion to know that Eugene is based on a real mentally challenged WWE fan who used to go to the shows and they would make fun of him and that was how they created the Eugene character? Uh, <laughs> I think that it actually all right. It is better, I think. I think it's less bad. If he you think it, Eugene it, is not as bad as that 70s guy. Well, obviously, like which is yeah. the worst pick? That's what we're putting you on the spot. Oh, here. I like Tyler. Let's keep him. I like I like his I think take that on this. 70s guy is more offensive to me, but like, yes, obviously, like Eugene's gonna get more press about how bad it is if it gets brought up again. Um Wait, hold on. Is is the real guy Eugene's based on? Like, he like is no, still he's totally, alive. He's totally uh, yeah. Nick Dennis Moore. He's still alive. Haircuts now. He's not that oh, no, old. Tyler's Tyler's asking about the real Eugene. I'm talking about the Dave guy. Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the real guy is, and and he saw it as a as a touching homage, which further spoke to his condition. <laughs> okay. Because in one, because in one way it could be like you know, it's like the I have a black friend argument where it's like he like he likes it, so it's okay. Well, yeah. also the Eugene character really makes sense. It's it's somebody who, you know, as a child they consumed all of this wrestling and they like he would do all these 1980s wrestler Scott, spots. Are you real? So Scott, what's your vote? That seventies guy is a worse gimmick. Eugene oh is a good gimmick. God. <laughs> oh no wait hold on all right for the record i'm not saying eugene's a good gimmick eugene is they're not both terrible they're both terrible at least from a perspective i'm maybe missing out on like, no eugene was great and he was yeah, over was, and the matches were very good the matches were very good i completely agree with scott and yeah. tyler eugene was a was a terrible initial germ of a gimmick guys. But then it turned into a legitimate main event phenomenon. They had him awesome. go against Triple H, and people wanted him to win the title. He had and the, the match moment was with Hogan, great. and he was pure joy. He stopped being this 
they never said he was mentally challenged. I mean, that was obviously what they implied. It just became this guy with they, the chase was he had childlike wonder. He had childlike wonder. And he was over that 70s guy. That 70s guy, the pivot was Mike Awesome's character was he liked to fuck fat chicks and then became, well, now we we bought the Partridge family bus and we need to do something with it. So we'll make him that 70s guy. Reason fat chick thriller was not on that list. Okay. It's the most underrated gimmick of all time. Wait, wait, wait. So the guy, that guy, uh, he changed his persona to that 70s guy from I Fuck Fat Chicks guy. He was the fat chick thriller and then became that 70s guy um, because he lacked any discernible because charisma. He wasn't friends with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> right. Okay, so yeah, everything that I'm learning makes me lean into that 70s guy is worse by far. <laughs> it's like, this is all way worse. Is that like, that was his like comeback from like... 70s. I am truly shocked that that 70s guy is... Like, for me, it's like, it's got to be Eugene, man, just because, like, I understand. Okay, I will say this. Eugene is better at that gimmick than Mike Austin was better at his gimmick. I 100% <laughs> agree. But having said that, it's the ultimate unable to explain gimmick to outsiders. Like, like, like Tyler, like my friend Sean when he was on the show. Like, you show this and you're just like, this is fucking real? But so he was never that- played as the fool, Dan. He was always the hero. He was always the fan favorite. He was always the guy that outsmarted everybody else. Licker, Robert? They called him a window licker. I mean, he was licking the guy's face, the announcer's face in the video. So was George the Animal Steel, and people love George oh. the Animal Steel. He's an icon, Dan. You're trying to cancel George Steel. You are Steel. more of a WWE apologist than Scott is an AEW apologist. It is, it's official. Mike, I mean, that 70s guy already won, but who do you got? I think, okay. Here's 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 because I I watched this some. This is one of the more folks. interesting debates we've had. So <laughs> this is well, okay. So that '70s guy did provide an amazing moment, which was Gary Coleman getting hit by Jeff Jarrett's guitar. <laughs> which is funny because so so that '70s guy goes up to Gary Coleman and he's like, "I want you to come with me. I'm that '70s guy." And Gary Coleman even says, "But I'm from the '80s. I'm not from the '70s." <laughs> what you talking about, Mike? Awesome. And That's then funny. he goes into the ring uh, and he uh, gets fucking smashed in the head. But what's so funny is that you can see he's got he's got a hat on and and the padding is obvious. <laughs> Because I guess, like you know, you really could kill Gary Coleman with a guitar shot. So yeah, they did yeah. not care though when they did the same thing with Beetlejuice. It's like an upright bass. It's like being hit by an upright <laughs> yeah. bass. But then, but then here, here's why. Here's why I, I do think that Eugene is the better gimmick. Two words. Oh my God, you guys are all assholes. <laughs> Let me. Can I finish? Okay. All right, Ross. William Regal. William Regal makes the whole thing fucking work. The way that they do the story where he hates the fact that he's like put upon and having to watch this guy. It's like, it's like the toy or something. Like he's fucking miserable that he's got to take care of this fucking idiot. And then he starts to bond with him. And by the time the Triple H thing happens, dude, there's a promo that I watched last night that William Regal cuts on Triple H in defense of Eugene that fucking works and it's like amazing where he's like we came up together and we were both bastards but you stayed one and i'm gonna kick your ass and it's like it's it's phenomenal so i think that the 
Actually, 70s guy, Mike Ice, awesome. It was always a mid-card thing, but Eugene was better than it had any right to be, and that was because of the performers and and especially William Regal. So that 70s guy's the worst. I don't know. It's man. being there, Dan. It's I, he's I Peter know. Sellers in wrestling. It's not it being there. It's not a Jersey Kaczynski novel <laughs> turned to a, a, a This is the Peter Sellers of wrestling. You need to get um, look at uh, the end of the day, a gimmick is designed yes, to take this a performer is, this is a fucking and, allegory to the Reagan administration, Robert. That's what this is. <laughs> This was pretty close to the George W. Bush era, so I think this is a perfect allegory. But what you have to remember is the purpose of a gimmick is to take a wrestler and elevate them. Mike Awesome was elevated in ECW. In WCW, they couldn't do anything with him, and they gave him gimmicks that made him worse. Nick Dinsmore was a very talented wrestler and a nice guy, but he was not getting on television. He was an OBW, like a, 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 a minor league guy for life. They put him on the main show with this gimmick. He was a main eventer. He was a memorable moment of WrestleManias, which never would have happened, which by default Nick means Dinsmore. the gimmick worked. I'm not shitting on Nick Dinsmore. I'm saying... You hate Nick Dinsmore. What did I he do, do not, to you, Dan? No problem. We, we play the same room, sadly enough. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 no, but I just... You entertain the same fans. I mean, maybe this is just because I had... <laughs> I had to watch Rob Conway and Eugene in a match and that like I literally saw my soul like leave my mouth when that happened but I just can't you can't have like dude that's like I mean I mean it is the most minstrel shit ever you know for like minstrel dance syndrome I don't know what you would call that but, but here, here's that, the thing Dan if Nick Dinsmore was in a movie and not a wrestling ring motherfucker gets an Oscar <laughs> Mike, Mike Awesome's gimmick was just Danny Masterson in real life. <laughs> uh, um, so, um, who did right. Mike Awesome drug? Well, all right. Well, I guess look, folks. Well, he talks about that. He kind of talks about that in the promo. But I, uh, all right, folks. I, I'm, I guess fucking that '70s guy moves on. Eugene does not leave this the first round. Big Eugene fan. Hell yeah! Is insane. All right. Find the door. In your defense, I'd be more embarrassed to be at a party with Eugene than that 70s guy. (laughs) You've never met a lot of wrestling fans, Tyler. (laughs) That's true. Either way, someone's going to try to have sex with me, and I don't want it. But here's the thing, Tyler. You watch some Eugene matches, so you have met wrestling fans. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. All right. Well, Tyler, Eugene had like a full story fleshed out, like for sure. Like it had a lot to it. And I'm going to give credit for that. The last, so last thing I want to bring up is when they were doing um, uh, WrestleMania was in, in Hollywood in, in uh, WrestleMania 21. And they had these movie parodies and they did one of Forrest Gump where Eugene is sitting next to a woman uh, and, and talking about how WrestleMania is like a box of chocolates and everything. <laughs> and, then, and then he gets excited and he punches the woman and knocks her out. And, <laughs> William Regal has to like show up and cover it and make sure that no one notices that he punched him. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. actually that that actually was just uh, uh, being Teddy Hart's manager. So. <laughs> um, all right, um, that '70s guy moves on. I am I'm shocked, man, but he he's moving on. And uh, Tyler, thank you for joining us. Uh, please plug away. Oh, I was just gonna say. All right. The big issue is Ro- the Roku channel released our show last Friday. Bill Burr presents a moral compass. 
you don't need a Roku device to watch it. That's all I really want to say to plug this thing is that if you have one, great. If you don't, you can just go online and type in the Roku channel. And that was probably, that's probably the biggest ban on my existence in the last week. So and, and also, just to say so that. Roku, uh, Roku is the name of the Asian character Nick Dinsmore played when he came back <laughs> a year later. Great. That is right. well, yes, plugging that. <laughs> Thanks, right, guys, so, for having me. This is a very. Thanks so much, man. Hey, Thanks. If you ever so need much. someone else to weigh in with zero knowledge. At yeah, all, you know, you did great. You may be part of our finals because, I mean, you really got a conversation started. So, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I mean, geez. Dan, Dan, right. Dan, don't threaten him yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm see in. You. I'm in. All right, guys. Thank uh, you so much. Tyler Falbo, everybody. Tyler Falbo. We only got one segment left. Uh, oh, first we got our Twitterverse questions, Mike. Yes, we do have the Twitterverse question. Uh, so I asked this week, now that Nia Jax has been let go, what should her next job be? <laughs> so we have at 655321king. She'll be doing pratfalls and posting them online so Botchamania never runs out of material. At Tesso, <laughs> consultant for Monsanto with all her years of experience as a potato farmer. <laughs> At MMA Locks, managing Elaine Bryant. At Sup, I'm Dave, the person who lifts kids up to Santa's lap in a shopping mall. At Dotes McGoats, she should buy a mini golf business. Call it My Hole in One. Oh. At Danny oh, Vapid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the Rock could get her a job in the CFL. <laughs> At Rusty Shackles, give her given her history of wrecking other women's health, she'd have a great career in Texas politics. <laughs> At Nitman Returns, co-owning a Shoney's with Scott Steiner. And finally, this is a twofer. Uh, At Adam the Hawk says, what's a career where it's okay if someone gets hurt because you hurt people accidentally on the regular? clowns being a parent my stepdad and then at magic mouse responded the police <laughs> uh that was that was fun we we, we miss you Naya. i can't wait till you're back in six months when they need the rock for a favor <laughs> please don't uh, hurt us best twitter fans in the world let's get to high spot low spot uh, Mike, let's start out with you. What's, what's, since we're running a little short on time, can you do give us your high spot and your low spot? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pick. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier the the Punk uh, Kingston promo. I'll pick that as my high spot. That was fucking awesome. It's, it's what you wanted, and the fact that those guys can do that a week before and sell you is pretty amazing. Um, and it's, it's it's also incredible that it's kind of a 50-50 split. Like, people were really into Kingston, too, and, and that's the power of Kingston. So I actually think even more than the Moxley match, this is Kingston's most high-profile match. So I'll go that. My high spot, my low spot is uh, NXT, you know, obviously WWE, obviously Vince, uh, making a mandate that they don't want to hire women over 25. And I think that's really fucking awful and terrible uh, to just have a mandate like that. Um, it's very short-sighted. I think there's a lot of great women um, wrestling in other companies over that age that WWE should be fucking grateful to have 
if they had them. So uh, I think that's a really stupid idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with your low spots. Probably my low spot this week, too. Um, although I want to do an honorable mention for my low spot, uh, which was uh, Vin, Vin Diesel publicly asking The Rock to join the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah, again. come home, brother. Yeah. <laughs> fucking sad. I was like, apologize for the fucking dumbass Fellini thing first before... You know, you start like extending the olive branch or whatever, or just call the guy. Oh, he doesn't have his number. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but I was I was shocked at that. My my high spot this week is you know the Eddie, the Eddie and Punk segment, uh, obviously um, on on Rampage. Although uh, honorable mention, I'm going to give to Bad Bunny in Narcos, which isn't a, a wrestling thing at all, but he kills it in the season of Narcos. Um, the guy is great at guest starring. The guy is like the best guest star ever. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I guess my high spot is also Narcos. Uh, Scott, what are, what are your high spot, low spot this week? Ooh, my low spot because I did not talk about it with you guys. Uh, when they fired all those people on, well, I guess it was Thursday, but, you know, you guys updated the podcast last week. I, I wasn't able to make it. I mean, you fired Keith Lee, Karrion Cross. Ember Moon, it's a, uh, it is a low spot because those people uh, are being fired. I know Keith Lee had to make a correction. I, I guess he got COVID at the PC, but they didn't pay for his medical bills uh, or whatever. I don't know, something like that. That seems um, so. I mean, like that seems so bizarre to me. I don't um, know how things work, man. I mean, if you don't have health insurance with them, you don't have health insurance with them, right? Like. Isn't that kind of how it works? If you got if they got sick from the performance center, then that's like consider like that's like oh like an injury on the job or something. Yeah. No. Sorry, that's just <laughs> answer. Yes. Not get any further. Yeah, just like the legal, actually correct answer would probably be no, you know. But I think that's a low spot, but I mean also secretly a high spot because holy shit, I mean, there's no way AEW isn't picking up Keith Lee. No. They are going to throw buckets of money at that man. And that is going to, I mean, dude, Keith Lee walking out and facing Brock Lesnar at that Royal Rumble, you know, that best Royal Rumble ever, I call it. Uh, yeah. What a moment and uh, what, what, a, what a failure on their part. That's my low spot is Keith Lee. My high spot, dude, it's got to be that last hour of Dynamite this week. The video packages in between matches, it just felt like, you know, get ready for this weekend. And it got me hyped for this weekend. And uh, yeah, just, just a phenomenal hour of wrestling. The Dante Martin tag match, the uh, Pac Dax match, and the, uh, the Omega hangman contract signing. That is my high spot. I was just smiling for an hour. <laughs> um, Robert? Uh, so first, yeah, just to pile on Mike's uh, low spot, I, I hate when the WWE puts any of these sorts of restrictions. They had a restriction a few years ago at a minimum age of who they would hire, and that was what prevented NXT from going after MJF. And when you put any of these, you know, age caps, low age cap, high age cap, and you just try to blanket everybody together, you miss out on a lot of really talented people. And it's just stupid, short-sighted, foolish decisions. Speaking of MJF, my low spot this week, 
Chris Jericho uh, criticized MJF's promo against Sting because he brought up Lex Luger in a wheelchair and said that's the wrong kind of heat. When I don't know if Chris Jericho's watched a wrestling program in the last 20 something years. Desecrate somebody's flag? <laughs> he was Jericho's, like, yeah. Yeah. Because he yes. was the Brazil, the Brazilian yeah, flag. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Jericho's paid attention to his own I don't, career. I don't think I don't care about that that he did that. I thought it was like fun heel heat, but like, it's, oh, by, it's, by, by, by the way, your wife storming the Capitol, the right type of heat. Yeah, <laughs> like all of a sudden Jericho is very sensitive, and I don't think Sting cared. I don't think Luger cared. Like, it's wrestling. They get it. They used Paul Bearer's death in a story. They used Eddie's death in a story. Like. There are really no boundaries. That wasn't that bad. And to bring it up and be like, that's the wrong kind of heat is fucking stupid. Uh, my high spot of the week, uh, and, and Dan knows what this was because I talked about it on something sports entertainment with uh, The Undertaker, the legendary icon, was at uh, AT&T Stadium promoting WrestleMania. And there is a picture of The Undertaker giving a bro handshake to George W. Bush. And it is the strangest thing you will see all even stranger than Andy Warhol, because the look of joy on George W. Bush's face, giving the bro a handshake to the undertaker is fucking fantastic. And right, that let me, was, let me, let me ask more surreal than introing Pitbull in Saudi Arabia. Oh, wait, way more surreal because again, I think George Bush was more excited to meet the undertaker than the undertaker was to meet George Bush. Well, you uh, know, because of George Bush, the undertaker was really busy in Iraq and Afghanistan for a few years. Yeah. A little liberal <laughs> for his taste, but he liked him. Yeah. yeah. George W. Bush is a liberal for the undertaker. That's what I was about to say. Uh, you could have killed more people. <laughs> nice work in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um, hey i also wanted to add this we're doing um for our uh for next next weekend's patreon we're doing uh we're reviewing qt marshall's the wrestler so if you if you're going to become a patron that's the reason we're also going to add because we weren't able to fit it in on next week's show but robert had a great idea of survivor series fantasy draft where we will each be uh drafting people uh and we're going to decide which who has the best survivor series well you guys are gonna decide who has the best survivor series tag team because uh all of our teams will then be put on twitter in a poll and uh whoever uh whoever wins gets survivor series bragging rights I but guess. a team I on think, a poll like vince russo yeah. oh, which by the way another sad news story right judy bagwell passed yes. away oh that's right that's the polls. rest in peace wcw tag team champion with rick steiner judy bagwell <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy but i thought next week aren't we we're gonna do this survivor series thing instead of previewing survivor series right oh i thought we were gonna preview survivors what do, what do you guys want to do i i'm i'm does anybody care about know. what happens at survivor series all right we'll do the all right we'll do the survivor instead of survivor series predictions we will do a fantasy survivor series draft how dare you tame um, survivor series the week after we will be covering survivor series on the show um, but we just won't be doing predictions because I, I, I do think you're right. There predictions besides the uh, men's and women matches, it's going to be pretty. I mean, everyone's going to know who's going to win, right? I mean, everyone. I mean, Roman's going to win. And I mean, the hot take of Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura could be you, another Robert. barn burner. <laughs> that was my bad. Sorry. 
<laughs> I noticed it was your bed. <laughs> All right, so we're doing that next week. Uh, Robert, what do you got to plug? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWE Creative underscore ISH. If you're not part of the Facebook group, it's it's a lot of fun. We, we post on there. When I do remember when there's a show, I post a thread at the top so you can comment on it and, and complain and, and yell about it and talk about how dope AEW is. And we'll have one up for SmackDown Rampage and one up for Full Gear. So, uh, you know, go nuts, kids. Scotty. Scott underscore Chaplin on Twitter and Instagram. And the Patreon. Subscribe. Mike. Yeah, at Mike Lawrence Comedy. Uh, you know, the Wrestle Rose Twitter. And, uh, yeah, the Facebook page. It's uh, a, a great community of people. And also, you know, uh, Black Friday's coming up. Buy a shirt. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a Wrestle Rose sale. We'll, you know, we'll post it on the Wrestle Rose page and, and on Twitter. And, uh, you know, pick up the uh, Forbidden Dork shirt and the Deacon Batista shirt. Yeah, what a better gift for your aunt this Christmas than a Deacon Batista. <laughs> what a Put better. Batista's Deacon on your aunt. I basically did all my plugs up top. Um, I, oh, I want to send out uh, some condolences to Kurt Ryan, who's, who's on our show. His brother passed away, so um, sorry. Oh, that's terrible. I didn't know yeah, sorry, that. Kurt, you're doing okay. This happened a couple weeks ago, but we didn't get, I didn't get a message on the show. Um but anyway, Kurt, uh, we love you, buddy. Uh, our hearts are with you. Uh, Z- I already did all my other plugs, but Zach, um, what are your plugs this week? Wash your hands. <laughs> That's it, folks. We'll see you next week. We'll be talking Full Gear. We'll be talking Survivor Series. And we'll be talking the roast of Randy Orton. See you next week. Yeah.